This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having an amazing Saturday wherever you are tuned in around the world. Coming up on today's show, in the entertainment business, we all love a bit of gossip or juice as the modern folk call it. Now in sport, it's no different. And as we normally like to hear the inside scoop on what's happening behind the scenes, say no more half-timers because today we reveal the Football Leaks hacker who allegedly held some juicy information exposing football clubs all around the world and now faces a total of 147 charges. He's been in detention since March 21st of this year and is being labelled by his lawyers as the European whistleblower. Now, we also got a lot to cover this weekend as we talk about the UAE Pro League as it kicks off. And guess what? On the Game of Zones, we've got the Game of the Weekend. Only here on the Heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, yes, welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Shout out to RR who's in the building with me on Saturday representing the Halftime Show. Now guys, wow, what a weekend we have in store. Shout out to Alia, everyone tuned in on the Instagram live and also on Pulse 95 radio at Omar Duri as well. Guys, this would be nothing without you guys. Now, we talk about the latest gossip normally when it comes to um, you know, the entertainment and uh, and let's say the lifestyle and you got all the celebrities and everything. But how about this? How about if someone was positioned so well that it was worth a million euros in the sports game? Okay, think about that now for a second. Now, this is big in the sports world, as according to his lawyers, he put himself in a position to show how corrupt sport is. This gentleman, uh, hashtag football leaks, uh, who is a hacker who faces more than 147 charges. The gentleman goes by the name of Rui Pinto, a Portuguese national who faces a total of 147 charges, including attempted extortion and illegal access to data after allegedly publishing confidential documents belonging to football clubs and officials around the world. Now, Pinto was extradited from Hungary and has been in detention in Portugal since March 21 after reportedly attempting to blackmail the investment fund Doyen Sports. Now, he was accused of demanding between 500,000 euros and 1 million euros to stop publishing documents he had obtained illegally in the computer systems of the Portuguese club Sporting Lisbon. Now, the Football League's revelations allowed prosecutors in several countries, including Britain and France, to investigate possible wrongdoing in football. Now, what's interesting is the way his lawyers have positioned the case as the European whistleblower or in fairy tale terms, as we call it, the Robin Hood of the sports game. Now it makes it interesting, right? So imagine this person has positioned himself so well that he is getting all this information and has held all these clubs to ransom. Now he is in a bit of trouble, so you know, kids, don't try this at home. But it is something that I am really fascinated to see where it goes because he's got a lot of information which he has hacked himself into obviously illegally and now these clubs are scared this information will go out what are your thoughts on the story text us on 4215 it's a lot or do or slide into our dms on instagram 
live at Pulse 95 Radio or at Omar Duri. And we'll even give you a cheeky shout out as well, just because, you know, that's the way we do things. Shout out to Tarek, shout out to Alia, who's, chin- who's tuned in, Fatoum, who's tuned in. Shout out to Mufid and his lovely wife, Alia, as well, who um, are, you know, regular listeners of the show and uh, definitely, you know, fan favorites of the halftime show. So massive shout out to them as well. And all the football crew who are avidly always tuned in to the show. Uh, the Friday football crew, who yesterday uh, definitely witnessed a 5-0 reverse score after being 5-0 down, one 7 So you guys know who you are. Shout out to everyone there. And stay tuned for more on Pulse95 as we got a lot of juicy stuff coming up today uh, on the Heart of Sharjah, on the Halftime Show with me, Omar Alduri. Listen up for more coming up. Hamza, Sunday morning. You make me feel like it's a Sunday This is the halftime show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, get to the nice! Yes, 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 welcome back to the halftime show. Now, guys, before we go into the halftime show, I hope you guys have been tuning in all week to all of our shows here at Pulse 95. They've been at the Exposure Photography Festival. It's up from it's between between the 19th to the 22nd of September, and it's down at the Expo Center in Sharjah. We've got a lot of good stuff happening there, live from Exposure Pulse 95 in the frame. You've got Omnia Saleh, Hani Balqis, Aisha Mazmi, and Mikhail Atiya all down there uh, doing their thing, representing. And you can catch them there, guys. So really, really head down. They've got some amazing stuff happening there. Award-winning photographers all over getting some wicked interviews in as well. So shout out to them. They're doing all the business um, at the expo. Now, the Arabian Gulf League. We spoke about that earlier in this week and it's finally off to a flyer because al installed the headlines with their encounter against Atihad al-Chalba. Kojo uh, Laba opened the scoring before Peniel Malapa equalized twice after Jamal Ma'roof scored in the 54th minute. Now, the dramatic winner came in the 95th minute after Saeed Juma scored to make it 3-2. If this is what an end games are going to be like this season, I think we found the hot ticket winner already. Uh, the entertainment factor was crazy and everyone's excited to have the league back. So that was definitely one to watch. Elsewhere, Fujera shocked Al-Wahda with a 1-0 victory over, uh, over them with seven minutes before time in the 83rd minute from Saleh Al-Jnebi winner. Uh, on Thursday night, Sharjah got their title defence off to a winning start by dominating Khurfakan at the Sharjah Stadium. Ryan Mendes put, put them ahead on 18 minutes and Ricardo Gomez rounded off with a second on 68 minutes. Now, having finished the way they did and starting the year on a high, Sharjah, w- with the Super Cup win under their belt against Shabab Al-Ahli, they're no longer a surprise package and a force to be reckoned with. So watch out for Sharjah, especially like obviously, you know, we are based at Sharjah, so we're not biased at all. But this is a round of applause for Sharjah for doing their thing and representing us big. A business as usual for Shabab Al-Ahli following their disappointment in the Super Cup with a 3-0 uh, victory against Hatta. It's also, it's always interesting to see how a team reacts to a defeat, especially early on in the season. Now, that doubts start to cast in the mind or treat it like a bad day at the office and prepare themselves mentally for the next opponent, but it didn't look like they had to shake off any cobwebs 
as it was a comfortable victory. But who are you looking forward to seeing this season in the Arabian Gulf League? You know, we spoke to the CEO, Mr. Walid Al Hosani, earlier this week, and he said there's big things coming up, and not just in terms of what happens on the field, but also as an experience for the viewers who are attending these games. Now, the weather conditions are getting better, guys, so, you know, bear with us. But once that kicks off and the entertainment factors are there, it's going to be a good season. With uh, Will Amal Abdurrahman make the impact we're expecting or will the other local players develop and perform to strengthen their team's chances now? He also spoke about Banyas having some, you know, a strong core group of local talent. And there's a lot to look forward to in that sense. But what are you looking forward to? Text us on 4215. do. And if you have missed our shows, you can catch us on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. Just type in the Halftime Show or Malduri. We've also got Anna Schofield, who is reporting to me live from what's happening in the rugby world as she's uh, she's watching the Rugby World Cup, which we'll be talking about a little bit later on. And we've got... Um, you know, Ali, who's tuned in as well. Massive shout out to Ali. Tarek Tamtam, who's, who's tuned in. Mo Aziz is tuned in. Guys, remember, all this love we're getting on Instagram Live is big. We would not be where we are without you guys today. And text us your questions if you have anything that you've got for the weekend that you want uh, to highlight, or even you just want a cheeky shout out. We'd be more than happy to give you that, especially as that's what the show is based on at the halftime show. We also have some um, exciting guests coming up, you know, in the next couple of weeks, which we do. As you notice with the show, we try to highlight we try to highlight sports from a different perspective, and that comes to mindset. Uh, we had someone in from Body Hack, uh, Hibab the Gawad, who spoke about um, neuroscience and how the brain manages that, which was really interesting. Uh, we had Craig McManus, uh, the England manager from the Homeless World Cup. We had Mo Muscles, who spoke about bodybuilding. Uh, we had the Leone FC team, shout out to Leone FC, who spoke about you know them growing as a team and how competing in the Women's League is big. Uh, so we've had some really, really cool guests, you know, and if you if you do want to catch us up on that, like I said, you can view us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and let us know what you think. If you like it, share it. If you share it, review it. We appreciate the love we're getting. Um, and coming up more, and this time we're going to highlight the game of zones, the game of the weekend. As we do once a week, we preview what the game of the weekend is. Any guesses what it is? Let us know. Three, two, one. See you soon. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Massive shout goes to Sheikha, Azi and Shema also for showing love on the, uh, the Halftime Show on the Instagram Live. But guys, this is the time of the week where we have our segment called Game of Zones, where we zone in to the game of the week now this week was kind of tough to be honest because we got a couple of contenders um, in the pipeline and amongst them is Milan Inter AC Milan Inter in Serie A now for Serie A lovers there's something very romantic about the Milan derby and what it has to offer from the days of Gazzetta della Sport on uh, channel 4 if you remember the old school heads will know what I'm talking about the player that comes the players that come to mind Ronaldo Zamorano Maldini Baresi Costa Curta Adriano Oof, remember him Pirlo Roberto Carlos and Zlatan Ibrahimovic now when those boys were playing in Serie there was there was some really good play happening there and speaking of the big man, has anyone ever seen Zlatan Humble? <laughs> Not recently. You see, he's been, he's been talking about being the best player in MLS history. But if you YouTube Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, 
you see Zlatan looking at the Brazilian like a kid in a candy store. Often described as his idol and the best player ever, it's a moment where you see the giant Swede humbled by greatness. And for those that do remember Ronaldo, what a player he was, huh? Uh, the talk in this game is about the coaches as uh, both seem to be missing the Premier League, apparently. I think the Italian media are getting uh, onto their backs a little bit with uh, Maurizio Sarri and uh, Antonio Conte. Uh, the obsession of rotation and tactics has been highlighted by the Italian media and rumours of a change room bust-up with Lukaku and Brozovic as he's unhappy for not getting the ball enough. This happened after the draw in the Champions League against Slavia Prague. He received the ball 16 times, however Inter fans will remember that Lukaku missed an opening header um, from 5 yards. Now, I love Conte and the way he manages his team, so I'm sure it's nothing he can't handle having dealt with huge personalities in the past. And Sari also has to, you know, get a grips on uh, on Juventus. Even though I think he was treated quite harshly at Chelsea, he uh, he did very well for them last year. And I went to watch a game. Uh, shout out to Mufid. I went to watch a game Chelsea and uh, Man United, and uh, the fans were were ruthless with Sari. And to think, you know, the way he finished the season off, the league position plus the Europa League, and he's in the Champions League as well. Brilliant. Um, but that's not my game of the weekend. Sevilla Madrid. That's also a big game coming up. Is uh, as Sevilla coming up as top of the league and playing really good football. Madrid being criticised following the battering they took against PSG. Zidane facing a tough period with Madrid on his second spell, unlike his first spell. But is he to blame, or is it the players? Uh, we think of Bale, Hamas, Modric, Cruz, uh, Benzema. You name it. Do the players have to hold a sense of accountability as well? Did anyone see um, Bale in the picture? Uh, before the game, when he was handed uh, the flag for Madrid by Varane, who looked at who looked at it in disgust and handed it over to Carvalho, that was really interesting. Clearly, not happy with the events that happened, uh, and that's gone viral. So, if you haven't seen it, check it out on social media. But the game of the weekend is Chelsea versus Liverpool. Now, for the game of zones, I, I normally pick one one game I did highlight a couple of games but this is the game I'm going to zone into and this is how I'm going to do it now I picked this because I've got the Europa League champions against the Champions League champions and Chelsea get their first big test and I say first big test because following the champions bearing in mind their settling in period you know Lampard's got a young team he's got needs time to gel he's, he doesn't have a transfer policy all that now giving the children is is one thing a chance but Lampard's got a chance really to state a claim here on being part of the elite. And here's the question. Is there any better player in his position in the world than N'Golo Kante? I know he hasn't been playing recently, but think about that for a second. And is there any better young player in form at the moment in the Premier League than Mason Mount? And those are two big points for Chelsea. Now, if those two play, is there anyone in Liverpool's midfield that's better than those two? Now think about that as well. I say midfield. So Henderson, Vinaldum, Fabinho, Milner. Is anyone better than Mason Mount and N'Golo Kante? That's a good point. Now, it all, all of it is based on what makes the difference here. And with them going head to head, this is when it really shows. Will Lampard approach it um, where it's an opportunity or will he be pragmatic and more defensive? Liverpool have lost one game last season. So I haven't felt that in a while and they had to travel to Napoli to taste defeat for the first time in ages. Now, a wounded animal or, a, or an opportunity to capitalise for Chelsea? Will you play it safe or try not to lose rather than go for the win? Tammy Abraham has continued to impress thus far in the season. 
So this is another defense he can beat. Or will he be more um, pragmatic in his approach? And there's a lot of things going on here on who's going to set up what, how. We know what Klopp's going to do. But if he plays, if Tammy Abraham plays on Gomez's side when receiving the ball and transitions to Van Dijk when he distributes the ball from the back doing a defensive job high up for the team, that might actually force errors allowing the Chelsea midfield to punish Liverpool if clinical enough. Now, Chelsea fans will be loving what I'm saying right now, but that all depends on how Frank Lampard approaches it and not how I approach it. Now, we all know what Klopp's going to do and how intense he will have his players up for the game. Firmino, Salah and Mane surely can't blank two games in a row, can they? What do you guys think? Text us on 4215, do or slide into our DMs at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio. And let us know what's your predicted lineup. And even better than that, what do you think the score is going to be? Now, when Salah and Mane aren't competing against each other, then any defense will be petrified from those two. And I feel the game will be won in transition. Now, meaning, when the team do eventually win back the ball, it's how they capitalize and who has the better decision to make in goal-scoring opportunities. And decision-making is key in this game because there won't be that many opportunities where they're going to be clean-cut unless they're big mistakes. And that rarely happens. Although we did see Van Dijk make a, a very uncharacteristic-like mistake against Napoli. Surely he can't do two in a row. Now, when I say that, something else I feel is worth mentioning. When Sarri was at Chelsea, he was criticized for, for playing Kante higher up. Now, isn't that a pattern there with Henderson as well? Doesn't the whole world believe that they should be holding midfielders in their respective teams? Well, here's a thought. Maybe Klopp and Sarri have identified something as the players who can win the ball further up to feed the ball to the attacking players from a closer distance. It makes sense, right? If Henderson wins the ball in the midfield or final third of the pitch when he has license to, to free Salah or Mane, then they get the ball faster in a shorter distance. But if they win it in the first third then they have to rely on the quarterback pass, which is a long pass over the top. So the higher up Henderson and Kante win the ball, the closer distance they have to distribute the ball to those players. Now the same applies to Kante, who in my opinion, is the best player in his position in the world. That's food for thought, right? But what do you guys think? Let me know. Tactics, tactics, tactics. And it's this time where I can be geeky and really get into uh, the game of the, the game of zones. As I say, Chelsea and Liverpool hopefully will not disappoint and set up a mouth-watering clash between the two. I like the way it's going. I hope it's a good game. I know it's at Stamford Bridge and I know it's an opportunity for Chelsea to make it two uh, in a row against Liverpool. But Liverpool haven't lost in the league for a very, very long time. Now, how will Lampard approach it? Only he knows, but it's definitely a game I'm looking forward to. And hopefully, it won't disappoint. More coming up next on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Yes, yes, welcome back to the Halftime Show. Special shout-outs. I have a few people here I definitely have to shout out. Maria Adouri, Alawi from Egypt. Xra Photo Genie, Am Tarek Tam Tam, uh, Shadi Kimo, Omnia Saleh, massive shout out to you as well, Omnia Saleh and Hannibal Fees from Future Talk. If you don't know already, you should know. Boss Safe is in the building as well, which is great to have as well. We are representing from the heart of Sharjah here on Pulse 95, and we have our own family tuned in on Instagram Live as well. So if you are tuned in, guys, thank you so much. Remember, if you do catch our shows, you can um, find us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just uh, find in the Halftime Show or at, or at Pulse95 Radio and you'll catch our shows. Um, now, talking globally now, 
couple of things are happening and actually Anna Schofield another one who's from the past 95 family is actually watching the rugby at the moment now and is tuned in and is saying what a great tournament it's being uh, Matsushima's hat-trick gives rugby World Cup host Japan the perfect start in the tournament which is great to see that's another thing that's happening at the moment now England are going to be facing Tonga plenty of questions coming in live at the moment we also have Leicester City versus Tottenham which is nil-nil but let's talk rugby now now for those that are tuned in the rugby world cup has just kicked off and what better host than Japan Japan beat Russia 30 to 10 Australia beat Fiji 39 to 29 France beat Argentina 23 to 21 and New Zealand beat South Africa 23 to 13. Tomorrow we're going to be seeing Italy versus Namibia and Ireland versus Scotland. So the Rugby World Cup is going crazy at the moment and what better way than to celebrate that with us here at Pulse 95. Uh, hello Safe, how are you as well? And um, Kareem Hussain says he can't hear me. I wonder why. Okay, Kareem, if you can't hear me on Instagram Live, just tune in to Pulse95Radio.com and you'll be able to hear exactly what I'm saying. But we're talking uh, rugby. Shout out to RR as well, who's who's in the building as well, running around. One of the questions that came in from Saleh was, uh, Omar, what went wrong in the 2-2 Arsenal versus Watford? Um, okay, Saleh, so I'll try and break this down for you. Uh, Arsenal had uh, three out of four defenders out, so that was one disadvantage that they had. Uh, poor game management as well, I think, from the players once they were 2-0 up, especially at Watford, who've just sacked their manager and now have got that, as we call it, manager bounce from having someone new come in to freshen things up. Now, if you did take out three to four of any of defenders of the top six Premier League teams, you're probably going to suffer also from, uh, let's say, the experience. And also, quite frankly, the Arsenal defenders are just really not good enough. Delefeu was outstanding that day. I don't think Maitland-Niles had any support on his side um, either, especially him being a central midfielder playing in a right-back position was kind of tough. So tactically, that wasn't the best way. And also, I think we missed a certain Alexander Lacazette at the head of the Arsenal tree, which again um, had a lot of question marks. Ozil came out later than Caballos, that was another thing. But you know, regardless, no excuses, Arsenal should be winning that very, very comfortably. Suhail has also sent a question in, uh, and this time it's about the champions, Manchester City. He says, How bad is the Laporte injury in City's title hopes um, for winning the league? Now, if you had tuned into the halftime show in the preview show uh, for the Premier League, I did say that my favourites for this year, which could be tricky, would be Liverpool rather than Manchester City, having won twice already uh, in the last two years. And I said that because I, fe- I felt if one or two players were injured for any team, let alone City, there might be an issue, especially with Vincent Kompany uh, being um, sold, let's say, to Anderlecht. So that wasn't really replaced. And Laporte being an injury, I don't believe Otamendi and Stones are good enough to fill in those boots because company did a lot off the field as well as on the field. But there is a common trend here with uh, with Spanish managers, especially Barcelona linked. Now, Fernandinho has been tipped to replace um, Laporte in defence because he wants someone that can play from the back. Now, if you remember at Barcelona days, Mascherano was one player that also had um, a lot of things happening uh, at, you know, when, the, when they didn't buy defenders, it was clearly because uh, this was something they wanted to do. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very convinced. Eric Garcia is another player that could possibly make it. Um, and that's something that, you know, is a bit tricky. Um, but I don't think they're good enough at the moment without Laporte, who's going to be out for a while. 
having studied the opponents now, Norwich were incredible, so not taking anything away from them. But when you say there's one player who uh, who gets taken out, like Laporte, Norwich had seven players out, so no excuses there. Normally, Manchester City and the magnitude of what they have um, is, is, is very, very tricky. Um, I would say that when you face a team like Manchester City, normally we hear people saying they're beaten by the presence of the team in the tunnel. Now, Norwich's starting lineup was 6.8 million that day and Manchester City's was 406 million. So that puts a lot into perspective. So to answer your question, how bad is Laporte injury? I think it will be quite bad unless uh, Fernandinho can slot in or even, you know, Stones and Otamendi stop making mistakes. Then maybe perhaps it puts them in good stead because there's a lot to do for Manchester City and there's a lot, you know, um, we want to we want to congratulate them with, especially if they win three out of three Premier Leagues. For sure, for sure, uh, you know, they will be uh, champions. And I think Guardiola will probably even leave um, Manchester City. You know, uh, that's something that for for those that are aware, he doesn't really stay at a club for that long. You know, that's something that is, is very well known with, with, with Pep. But what do you guys think? Text us on 4215. Do, do you think that Laporte's injury will cost Manchester City the Premier League title. Liverpool were very close last year and especially only losing one game and reaching the points tally they did. How difficult was that to be able to, let's say, reach those heights? It's, it's crazy how, that's probably how good Manchester City were and they're in a gulf of their own. As you could tell, Liverpool won the Champions League, Man City won the Premier League. Um, Chelsea won the Europa League so English football is definitely on up but guys we are reaching that time of the day where it is full time on the halftime show thank you so much for tuning in thanks for everyone who was on Instagram live everyone who texted everyone who sent their messages through massive shout out to the Pulse95 family who are at the expo at the moment now in Sharjah covering the exposure which is fantastic uh, and also, massive shout out to Maria Alduri, Mufid, and Ali as well for tuning in. Thank you so much for being amazing, amazing uh, listeners. We're back on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, 3 to 4 on the Heart of Charger. As for now, we salute you, we love you. Have an amazing weekend from Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m.